Thank you for joining the Bevel Talk, Season 13, Episode 2, Benefits of Cold Cutting. Today, we are talking with special guests Keith Polifka and Ron Rohrbacher from EH Walks. Let's get right into it. Hello and welcome to Bevel Talk. Thank you for joining us. We're back with Ron Rohrbacher and Keith Polifka. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Yes, thanks for having us back. Thanks for having us back. Let's dig right back in there. Let's talk about why and how we bevel pipes. I know there's a lot of different ways, flame, cold cut, grinding, all of this. Let's let's get into the nuts and bolts here. What are the different ways to cut and bevel and what are the advantages of each or disadvantages of each? Yeah, there's there's uh there's definitely uh several ways of of doing it out there and most of them involve heat if you're doing something other than cold cutting. Uh, whether you're using plasma or uh, so like, for example, with plasma, it, it, it can tend to be real messy. Uh, I think it's it's better uh, adapted to fab shops, but out in the field, plasma cutting would be very rare. Um, uh, flame cutting is probably still one of the, the, the more common, uh, you know, economical methods out there. Uh, but obviously you have a flame. Um, and then there's there's different things when like if you're beveling a pipe with a flame, uh, it typically needs to be cleaned up afterwards to get that that bevel right and get all the slag off there. And if you're in a fab shop environment, when you bevel one side of a pipe with a flame, you're putting a reverse bevel on the other piece of pipe, you know, the other end of the cut, uh, which then requires you to set up and do that process as well. So some of the advantages of cold cutting is uh, we're we're machining that metal away, so we're we're not generating large amounts of heat. Uh, I remember years ago, I was on, on top of a tank at a grain processing facility, and it had live alcohol vapor coming out of the pipe, and they wanted us to cut it. And they had a bunch of safety people standing around with thermo- digital thermometer, laser thermometers, uh, just freaking out. <laughs> and <laughs> so we did a little test cut first, and we got nowhere near the, the flash point of alcohol vapor. So we were able to cut that uh, just as an example. Um, but then also because we're machining it. So like in a fab shop environment, we can, we can bevel both sides of that cut at the same time. So while you're cutting your one piece to length, your fall away piece is already beveled on one end and you're a step ahead. So that's another benefit to it. Um, and then when it, when it comes to cold cutting, there's, there's actually different ways that we do that as well. Uh, one of the first was the, uh, reciprocating, uh, which we still have today. It's a, we call it a guillotine saw. And it's a reciprocating blade. So it, it comes down, strokes across, goes up, comes back, comes down, and it just keeps doing that motion. And you turn a knob up top and it lowers it through the pipe and does a nice square cut. Um, it's primarily used in uh, in like the water market or down in a trench is where it's real nice. Uh, and that's just for doing a straight cut, just for like doing demolition or taking stuff out. Uh, and then uh People saw the need to, to also bevel at the same time, and we had done a, a travel cutter, which is uh, using a milling cutting action, which is a, another form of cold cutting. And it's much like what you see in a, uh, in a, in a uh, regular machine shop, where they, they either do milling or lathe cutting, and those are the two that, that are our primary. And the, the milling is where you have a, like a round blade with, or a, yeah, a round blade with te- a bunch of teeth on it, and it's turning, and you could lower that down into a pipe. And then the the whole machine will slowly travel around the pipe. It's basically like a big car uh, with a chain on it. 
And uh, the, one of the really nice advantages of that machine is that that one machine could do six inch through 72 inch pipe. You just add or remove chain and you move the wheel locations on it and you're able to accommodate a, a wide range. And for many years, you talk about range, yeah. <laughs> six to 72 inches. Holy cow. For, for many years, that was, uh, that's what people thought of, of walks. When they said walk saw, they were talking travel cutter. Okay. And then, um, and it was, I believe, in the 70s where we got into doing the the split frame design, which is using a lathe cutting action. And and in this scenario, you have a like a round ring machine, and we call it a split frame because it splits in half, which allows you to mount on something that's in line. And then it part of it is a stationary ring that clamps down on the pipe, and then there's a rotating ring that's running on a bunch of bearings. And it has tool slides on it that could hold a, a straight blade for cutting, a bevel blade on the other side, and they feed in automatically, and it just slowly feeds in. And, and so this is making ribbons instead of little chips. Uh, ribbons will come off it, which is nice for cleanup as well. Uh, but these uh, the the split frames uh, take it to the next level because these are extremely precise, and and you could do all kinds of different preparations with it. And it, it's definitely the, the leader in the industry as far as uh, the different methods of, of cold cutting uh, split frames are definitely king. Okay, so, so talk to me a little bit more about, you said that you can do all sorts of different kinds of preparations. So I can do different, like a J-bevel with it, or am I just able to go to a knife edge with, with a land? Yeah, the other benefit to these split frames is they also give you the ability to handle all different wall thicknesses of pipe, which is another one of the challenges out there. Uh, just for example, if you have a, a pipe that's two inches thick, uh, it, typically that's going to need a, a compound bevel, which would be one of, one of the bevels we do. Uh, very common, typically over anything over a three-quarter thick pipe is, is going to require a compound bevel. And you would not, I've seen people try to hand grind it. <laughs> it's not pretty and it takes a long time. Uh, you can't torch. So for those listeners that don't know what a compound bevel, can you try to paint a picture of what that is for them? Sure, sure. What they do, if you could just imagine you have two two pieces of pipe that are two inches thick and you need to weld these together. You want to be able to, to do a root at the very bottom and you want to be able to work your way up to the top. So what they do is they'll they'll bevel it so that when you put the two together, it creates a V. Well, if we, it, so a real, a real common industry standard angle is 37 and a half degree. Not quite sure where that one came from. Not, <laughs> never understood why the half degree, <laughs> you just think it'd be 37, but you put these two 37 and a half degree pieces together and it creates a V and now it's nice and easy to get in there and start at the very base, get that root in, and then you can work your way up. But as you get thicker, if you had that two inch thick and you did two straight 37 and a half degrees, you'd have a huge V. And you'd have a lot of welding to do and a lot of material to go in and a lot of time. So what they'll do is they do a compound bevel. So the first three quarters of an inch are 37 and a half degree. And I, I believe that gives you the room to get your, your welder in there to do the welding. But then anything beyond that three quarter will change to a 10, 10 degree. So it, it, it creates a, it's hard to do <laughs> over the air, but it creates this a different shape. It's a, almost like if you put your hands together in a V and then bend your fingers back inward it just closes the box a little bit, but it, it requires a lot less welding and a lot less material and time. Uh, so it's it's real common on, on heavier wall pipes. EH Walks is an OEM of portable pipe cutting and beveling machinery. Based in Illinois with direct sales support and rental centers across the country, they're prepared to support you with any pipe cutting project. 
EH Walks is also the distribution hub in the United States for Orbitalum tube cutting, facing, and welding products. You can find both at ehwalks.com and schedule your demo today. So I've been around welding my entire life, um, as long as I can remember. And you just made me think of something that I've never actually consciously thought about. The challenges of cutting the same diameter of pipe, but different thicknesses, and how complex that actually can be. Like, yeah, I, I just had like a little mini mind explosion right here thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, it even gets a little more complicated than that because then you can introduce your, what you had mentioned earlier, the J prep, right? Which is now a radius with a land extension. There's a counter bore and a lot of that type of uh, industry standard J prep is in, is done in the power industry in the nuclear market where they, um, they have, you know, more strict standards as to how the uh, the pipe is uh, is actually you know prepped and welded, right? And and the preparation really makes it for a much easier weld or easier to get quality welds, right? I mean, you can weld almost anything together, but you have to fight a whole lot less with good preparation. Yeah, I, I I can't tell you how many times I've gone out somewhere where where guys had been grinding, uh, like a, for example, in a fab shop, and they'll they'll cut it with a bandsaw or something, and then a guy gets on there with a grinder and he's trying to do those those angles. And some guys are really good at it; they they just got a knack for it, and other guys not so much. Uh, but uh, the welders have have always told me once I came in and did a demo, and they welded up the pieces that we machined, they said it is a day and night difference as far as the experience, because you just have two perfect angles that it have a nice, perfect fit up. And it, it's just a whole different welding experience. I remember the first time I was able to prep my own pipe end and weld it. That's when I really understood what all the welders that I was being a helper for would say when they'd smack me on the head and say, Hey, do it this way. Makes my <laughs> life easier. <laughs> um, Okay, so now let's talk about the advantages and disadvantages of flame cutting, of orbital cutting, of bandsaw cutting. I mean, obviously, there are certain places where orbital cutting's going to be more challenging. What's a typical application where you'd prefer flame cutting, where you prefer like a bandsaw cut, or prefer orbital cutting? I would say it's mainly a smaller, thinner wall pipe is where you'd, you'd want to use those methods. Uh, like, for example, we had talked about the compound bevel. Can't do that with a flame. So that, that right away, as soon as you get over three-quarter wall, flame is, is not a good option. And then uh, getting into different materials, stainless steel and, and some of the high alloys, um, it, it, it could become very difficult to use other methods other than machining. And then obviously the the presence of hydrocarbons, you know, anywhere where there's hydrocarbons present. Uh, and they believe it or not, even on, on pipelines, they will still do flame beveling right before they're about to do their tie-ins. But at that point they have new pipe in there. Everything's been, all the fumes have been cleared out. Uh, but they'll use the cold cutting to do the initial cut. And sometimes they'll, they'll do the bevel as well. But one thing uh, specific about the pipeline industry is they'll expose a, a large section of pipe. You know, dig up the ground and expose it, and it sits in the sun all day, and that pipe is expanding and contracting. So many times, they'll have their plan. They're either putting the pump or they're replacing a section, and they will wait till the very last minute before they put the bevel on because the pipe length could be different than it was in the morning. Um, so that uh, that 
there's still times where they'll they'll use a flame even uh, on something like a pipeline that has crude in it. Uh, they just do it after it's all clean. You know that 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 tribal knowledge that you just shared that that so many people know, but they never really explain it. Right? You you, you always see, oh hey, we're gonna wait, but nobody says, well, we're gonna wait to cut it because you know this might be sitting out for a day, day and a half while we're doing all the prep work. Um, and we don't want it to change in length. We want to be able to get it right in place, get it put back together. Like that whole thought process is, is a different kind of thought process than I, than I've even thought about. Okay. I have to say it. Cutting is way more complex and way more integrated than, than I could imagine. Like I'm really excited and passionate about welding, but I'm just thinking about so many different applications in my own life of cutting and so many lessons learned that tie directly to cutting now. Wow. I'm again, mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> you know, another, another neat thing that happens, we've had quite a few welders. Uh, they, they're short on people. So they have the welders actually do the machining and they've become field machinists. They, they do it and they're like, wow, <laughs> I really like doing this. <laughs> and they end up actually changing their, uh, their course of uh, life there. These, you know, these metal chips aren't nearly as hot and they don't hurt my eyes as bad. So, <laughs> wow. Well, Ron and Keith, thank you again for your time. I look forward to talking with y'all next time. To our listeners, thanks for listening to Bevel Talk. We appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks.